Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Midnight. <laughs> you come and pick me up, no headlights. You're listening to Bandwagon. There's enough there that Shane will be able to make an intro out of whatever we just recorded or whatever you just heard. It'll be a surprise to us both. Yes, it was Headlights. It was Headlights, yeah. Um, welcome back to Bandwagons. Thanks so much for joining us again this week. Yeah. Um, I just want to kick off by saying that I was down home at the weekend and was in the garden with my dad and he showed me a drolene's nest. So it's like a type of bird. And it's the nest is like built vertically but, and the hole is like going in this way, kind of like a birdhouse. I don't know who has paid for this bond con. But um, like, this is um, and he, he showed us to me in the bush and he said, there now, you can talk about that on the podcast next week. So uh, there you go. Parents. So that's a drolling nest. Drolling. Drolling. Do you know the song Drolling? Yeah, I do. I'm familiar with it. Yeah. Do you? What? The Drolling song. Oh, I do <laughs> Did you think? I thought you meant Jolene. I thought you meant Jolene. Who doesn't know Jolene? <laughs> no, there's a song and it's like, it's called the Jolene. I'm not going to sing it, but look it up. Anyone that ever went to the Girl Talk in Ireland knows the Jolene. And there's like a little Macarena now, dance. Sorry, now it. that you say it's it. Like, oh, my oh. Oh. Was it a meme for a while? Yeah, I, I think I. Probably. It was probably on oh, the TikTok. Oh, yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. How was your weekend? <laughs> um, it was grand. <laughs> sorry, I shouldn't have asked. <laughs> went home for my granddad's anniversary. <laughs> Thanks very much for asking. Oh, it's just a fucking reflex. And how was your? Well, your day wasn't that great. Your brief got followed home from the shop. It was fine though. It was fine, but it wasn't ideal. Uh, it's not right, but it is okay. As yeah, Whitney is three bad things come to reason. Three three bad things happen today. My sister's rabbit died. And this is where we should have the soundboard where we have someone <laughs> going. Oh, remember we had a soundboard? What happened there? I have it here. I just haven't got it plugged in. Oh, um, yeah, fair. <laughs> um, but. 
Oh, no, this episode. No, I'm joking. This uh, <laughs> is going to be a good one. No, I think it is as well. Um, I don't have much funny in about what we're doing, even though we have an hour and a half worth of content. Oh, truly. Yeah, yeah, truly. Um, so as you've probably guessed from the title and based off the fact that she just dropped her eighth studio album, kind of as a surprise, we reckoned it was finally time we turned our attention to Miss Taylor Swift. T-Swizzle. Um, Breed said that this probably would have been a good topic for a live, but again, we have no idea when we're going to be allowed to breathe on each other. Breed on each other. Breed on each other. <laughs> Ain't a room That's going to be the name of my eighth studio album. <laughs> Breed on each other, yeah. Um, anyway, so, uh, no, we've we've been kind of on about it for a while, but like we kind of, we missed, we just, we missed the boat on Lover. I think Lover. we missed the boat on Lover, yeah. The dates didn't align and well with us. Yeah, I don't know what happened in January where we missed the whole documentary I think was that a mini bandwagon at some stage? Oh, uh, God. Who are you asking? I have no idea. Um, what are your like first memories of knowing <clears throat> Taylor Swift or your first encounter with her, either as a celebrity or as a musician? I used to I used to wreck laptops with um, Frostwire. Did you ever have that? Or LimeWire? I had LimeWire, yeah. I had Frostwire. Music on demand. That's what the, I had the womanizer and be like, music on demand. And same with like Taylor. But like it would literally, you just see, it was like cancer for a laptop. Like you just see <laughs> your laptop oh, slowly dying. It is. No, it is. Like it's absolute. Um, and I, coronavirus. Oh, I but, don't know how I got into Taylor Swift, but I, I think it was, yeah, I don't know which came first, the chicken or the egg, but... <laughs> I remember trying to teach myself guitar. Yeah. And the songs I taught myself were the like very early Taylor Swift songs. So I don't know if I intentionally wanted to learn guitar because I thought Taylor Swift songs were great or if they were just the easiest songs to learn on guitar. And that got me interested in her. Um, But I remember downloading like all like live versions of like her songs on Frostware because you couldn't get the real ones properly. Um, And even still to this day, I have like a live version of Fearless that I'm obsessed with or like a guitar acoustic version of it. And when I hear the real one, I'm like, I don't know this song because yeah, I've just never listened to it. But I was obsessed with her when I was 15, doing my junior cert, depressed out my head, listening to the song 15 or like, what was it? What were the other ones back then? Like... Fearless and Teardrops You Belong With Me, Teardrops On My Guitar, me yeah. sitting there, didn't, didn't know how to play the guitar, but I would cry on it just to sing that. Fair, yeah. I really felt it. My friend Denise in secondary school was like very into her and... <laughs> what do you have? <laughs> just the way you said that. Um, very into her. Was She would have been a big fan of her and I... The internalised misogyny leapt out. I was like, oh, state of her, singing about boys. Did you hate her oh, when you first Hated started? her initially, yeah. Hated her. And but again, I was like, I don't know what I wanted from her. Like, I didn't want her to be. What else is she gonna fucking think about quantum physics? Like, yeah. you know, it was. I do, It was a thing where I just. No, I will say as well, I wasn't the biggest country music fan at the time either, and I thought like Love Story wasn't. Didn't really like Love Story, and I feel like I just let that take over in terms of what I Love what Story's I saw not her a great as an song, artist. As well. Yeah, like I mean, it's it's not. In hindsight, is it a bad song? No. Is it terrible? No. It's just it's a bit no simplistic. It's no Tim McGraw, yeah. Um, but again, I'm like, uh, at the time I was like, God, it's so like cliche or whatever. Again, as if I'd written a song in my life, fucking 14 year old Fanula. But well, actually, that's not true. I did write a song in second class called Your Mind, which we'll get into in a <laughs> stitch. Banger <laughs> alert. Um, um, Tim McGraw would be an excellent Irish drag name, but like you'd have to spell it like McGraw. That's you. Stop giving away these ideas for free. I'm just putting them out there. Um, so yeah, didn't really <laughs> like her at the start. And again, I've mentioned before, I used to watch like the chart, the American charts on YouTube, and she used to come up a good bit, obviously. And I kind of dipped into this, not her second album, it would have been her 
Sparks Fly. Speak Now. Oh, Speak Now. But Sparks Fly is on that album. And I kind of dipped in there that and I was like, "Mm, okay. And because she had the song about John Mayer on it as well. And I was obsessed with John Mayer. What was that one? Dear John. Oh, yeah. Dear John, see it all now that you're gone. Oh, yeah. Do you know what else is a great great song? What? Hey, Stephen. Yeah, Denise really liked that. <laughs> I do, I don't know if I have an opinion. I can't remember it off the top of my head. Hey, I, Stephen, I know looks can be deceiving. I did not listen to that. I could not tell you one song off the first album. Off Fearless, first that's her best no, album. No, Fearless is her second album. Sorry, the self-titled album. Yeah. Um, Teared Up So My Guitar was on it, wasn't it? Or was it? Okay. Well, then that one. But like, like I've never listened to the, the two of them the whole way through. I only really got into her and speak now. And even then I was still a bit like, again, hack of her whinging about her fellas. And then Red, I just kind of ignored. Red, yeah. I was talking to my housemate Alice about this last night and she was like, Red, I'm going to get killed for that. I know Red it's a good album. Red is her like absolute favourite album. And I was like, I just don't even, I couldn't tell you one song that's on Red. We're never getting back together. I knew you were trouble. Is that on Red? Yeah. I thought that was on, I don't know. See, some, some of them, anyway, some again, kind of ignored that. And then when 1989 came out, I remember the reviews were so good. And I de- wasn't mad on Shake It Off, but I remember the reviews were so good. And it wasn't on streaming services. And also I didn't know how to work streaming services at that time. I was still a bit like, yeah. how does that work? I don't want to pay for music in that way. Um, but someone uploaded the full album to Vimeo. And I remember listening to it obsessively in college on my laptop to the point where I knew like where every kind of single song came in. I was just like, this is, this is revelatory. Like, Sorry, which album was this? 1989. Oh, yeah. That's when I was Brilliant. like, I get it. I yeah. was like, this is, what have I been sleeping on? Like, I am an idiot. It was so good. But anyway, before we get into all that, and before we talk about, because we've been to a couple of our gigs, do you want to talk about early Humble days? Brag. Because uh, I've, I, I sure I've, can. I've admitted I my own ignorance. I was obsessed, like so obsessed with her when I was like 15 that I, I knew everything about her and like even researching today, like just facts were popping up and I was like, I've actually known this my whole life. Um, so Taylor Alison Swift, born in December 13th, 1989, is an American singer songwriter best known for her narrative songwriting, which often centers around her personal life. Yes. That's an excellent definition. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's on Wikipedia. Um, she was born in Pennsylvania and she grew up on a Christmas tree farm, which inspired her Christmas song, Christmas Tree Farm. Christmas Tree Farm, yeah. That's a good Christmas it's song, I will say. Ah, uh, bop. Yeah. Um, she grew up, yeah, grew up in Pennsylvania before her family relocated to Nashville in 2004 so she could pursue a music career. Um, as a child, she took vocal and acting lessons and would spend her weekends just performing at festivals and events. And you see that in the documentary where she comes out and she's like, Taylor, age 12. And she's like, hey guys, I'm Taylor. And she's like, she's the so confident. Oh, so confident. And the twang is just yeah. unbelievable. Hey y'all, I'm Taylor. Yeah, it's, it's gas. Um, she decided she needed to move to Nashville after watching a documentary about Faith Hill. And she said she would only make it if she went there and just like, actively pursued it mm. so at age 11 her mom used to bring her up and like bring her into the record labels and be like this is my daughter here's her cd like you need to hear her um and it paid off because at age 14 she got signed to sony and atv music on a developmental deal so she used to go up and like write songs for them and they would like i don't know what's involved in a developmental deal do you they just like, used to, like encourage her songwriting yeah and, like, yeah yeah build kind of build her as an artist yeah. yeah and then at age 15 she signed her first record deal and that's where we got the Taylor Swift album. With Teardrops on my guitar on it. Will I double check that? Uh, yeah, no, it is. I just True checked it. Do you know what else is on that one? At me. No. One of her best ever songs, Should Have Said No. 
Should have said no. Yeah. Such a good one. That's all I know from that one. And I'm only me when I'm with you. No, I don't know that one. That's a really good one. Um, so yeah, her 2006 self-titled debut album was one of the longest charting albums of the 2000s on the Billboard 200. Uh, its third single, our song, made Taylor the youngest person to single-handedly write and perform a number one song on the Billboard Country Airplane. Yeah, I was Airplane I was chart. gonna ask you if that song was on the first our one. Song, that's a tune. That is a good our song. song is the same as Green Doors, Sneaking Out Late, um, etc. 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 Her second breakthrough album which is actually my favourite, it was Fearless. Fearless. Which came in 2008 and it won four Grammys and produced the pop crossover hit singles Love Story and You Belong With Me, which kind of are the songs that made her big in Ireland, I think, when she finally broke internationally. Yeah. And that I remember that music video because when I was like 16, I got mad into watching just MTV music videos all mm. day. And I remember that music video for Love Story just playing on and on and on repeat. I think it was fairly big on like because YouTube was still in its infancy as well yeah. and it was one of those kind of ones that people actively watched and people like yeah remember um, Fearless became the best selling album of 2009 in the United States and was certified diamond by the RIAA um, then the third album <laughs> is this the one you said was your favourite speak now no it was the one that I got into it it's pro- okay. it's, de- it's definitely not my favourite but do you know the other banger that I forgot Mean oh Mean is class sorry I forgot that as well that's a fucking tune um, Back to December about Taylor Lautner oh is that about him this is me swagging my December yeah. Um, yeah we both went for very different <laughs> vocal styles there and very different uh, <laughs> parts of the song um, yeah so the self-written third studio album Speak Now came in 2010 and spawned the Grammy winning single Mean and that was about uh, someone who reviewed. It's yeah, it's, I loved it. It was like, I remember putting up some like really passive aggressive uh, status on Facebook and I was like, ha, this must be like song of the year for this year's TY class or something. And it was like mean. <laughs> <laughs> but I did, it was just thinking I was digging at people like I was such an arsehole. Iconic, yeah. Um, and then two years later, we got the album Red um, and Taylor earned her first Billboard Hot 100 number one single with We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together. We Are Never Yeah. That's what there it's um, I thought it was, a, I'm checking this here, I thought it was about um, a specific critic, but I think she kind of came out and said that that's not about true. But I feel like, I again really feel like that's not, yeah she said in an interview with E! News Mean is a response to people who criticise whatever she does she said there's constructive criticism there's professional criticism and then there's just being mean and there's a line that you cross when you just start to attack everything about a person yeah in a later interview with 60 Minutes Swift revealed that the critic was someone who attacked her performance with Stevie Nicks at the 52nd Grammy Awards where she sang off key this critic is reputed to be Bob Lefset who gave a critical review on his blog The Lefset's Letter did she sing off key, do you think? I don't remember that performance. See, this is the thing about Taylor. I don't think she's like the best artist vocally. I was going to say Not this. by a long way. Like. I was going to say this, yeah. It's very clear in her documentary when she's like writing stuff. She's an excellent songwriter. Songwriting. But she's not, she's not a singer. Chef's like. kiss. And she's a great performer. But she is a singer, but she's not she's like, not the she's best not an Ariana. No. Do you know what I mean? She's not a Beyonce. Yeah, yeah. Like, but she's a Michael Bublé. Do you know that kind of way? <laughs> his own fucking no, songs either but he can't he's like only an Michael average Bublé's singer like, what did Frank Sinatra sing he's only an average singer hey sorry just haven't met you yet he didn't Hollywood. write Hollywood oh give me a fucking break <laughs> did Michael Bublé write just haven't met you yet that is, that is a good not. tune 
That is a banger. I just have. Um, Wait, do you know? What <laughs> <laughs> Why are we doing the episode on Michael Moobler? Oh, <laughs> uh, no. He was cancelled, wasn't he? Oh. <laughs> I'm not laughing about him being cancelled because he was. He was such a dickhead to his wife. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah, just yeah. laughing about him. <laughs> no, but you know the way, like, he's only... He's <laughs> only an average singer, but he's just a showman. Yeah. Like yeah, Daniel yeah. O'Donnell. Like, yeah. <laughs> Stop. Stop making comparisons. I don't want the fuck to talk about anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what about the next Some album anyway? Some people just have star quality. No, but I get you though. And it, like, it's been, like, it's been always about the songwriting for her. Like, it's never been. Mm. That was the, like in the documentary as well, which we keep referencing. It's Miss Americana on Netflix, which we will talk about later as well. But it's very clear in that there are some bits where she's singing, and I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ! Christ like, that's like. obviously been mixed down for the album. Um, but it's uh, even as a young kid, it's like, oh, I just wrote this and it's barely done. But OK, here, like all the home videos, it's like, yeah, I wrote She's like, this. I literally just finished writing this. Here we go. It's storytelling like for yeah. her more than anything else. Yeah. And even like if you can find any of her really, really early songs that she wrote as a child, they're nearly better than what she's putting out now. Like. The one she performs, it was it Lucky You or Lucky... Oh, she performs it in the documentary as a kid. I'm going to look it up once she comes in, she's like, this is about a girl from a small town yeah. who doesn't feel like she fits in. Taylor Swift, Lucky You. Just... Lucky You, yeah. It is Lucky You. But I think it, it turned into... <laughs> Do you want me to clap? <laughs> no, don't be fucking rude. Is it Lucky You? I don't fucking know. It's the one she's on about in the documentary, people. Yeah, it's the first song wrote when she created... This is from the Taylor Swift wiki, so I mean... Lucky was the first song Taylor Swift wrote, which she created when she was only 12 years old. That doesn't seem grammatically correct, but who am I to criticise Taylor Swift wiki at all? Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> carry on. Um, so yeah, all of those, all of the first few albums kind of went unnoticed and Taylor wasn't really, she wasn't huge. She was huge in the country scene, but it took her ages to break, well not ages, it took her a while to break the pop kind of mainstream charts. Um, and it all kind of kicked off when she won an award. Yes. Will I take you back? Yes, take me back. Um, it's 2009. <clears throat> We're at the MTV Video Music Awards. Where am I? I'm in second year and I'm watching this at home because I was. I was watching this at home. Oh my god, I was. I, I the MTV the Video Music Awards were the the peak event in my fucking life. Do you remember when, when the I EMAs came to Belfast? Yeah, I the EMAs were always fully thought so I was going to be there. Though. Yeah. Um, Tokyo Hotel fucking winning everything <laughs> so anyway in 2009 the music video for You Belong With Me was named best female video at the MTV VMAs um, Taylor's uh, acceptance speech was interrupted by rapper Kanye West an incident that became the subject of controversy widespread media attention and many internet memes um, James Montgomery of MTV argued the incident and subsequent media attention turned Swift into a bona fide mainstream celebrity that year, she won five uh, American Music Awards, including Artist of the Year, Favorite Country Album, and Billboard named her 2009's Artist of the Year. Do you agree with that? So, as a lapsed Kanye West fan, and... I can explain I, what happened. I actually have it in detail. I think we probably will do an episode on Kanye at some stage. Yeah, when he calms down a bit, when he's in a better headspace. Not that I think he we're even remotely on Kanye West's radar, but it just doesn't, from a media perspective, I don't think it's right. Um, as a lapsed Kanye fan, I remember that happening at the time. And again, considering that I liked Kanye more than Taylor, I was, I in, and again, I was a lot younger and didn't really understand nuance and whatever. I was able to explain away a lot of the reasoning why he did it and whatever. And again, it's covered in the documentary and we'll get to all the shit that happens after. I'm going to cover that. But watching it in the documentary and like, she's 17. She's won she's this award. Baba. 
there's no justification for him going up and doing that. And I did say this in the car on the way and I was like, obviously, um, he was grieving because Donda's mother had recent. Well, actually, I don't know how... Re- well, uh, sorry, that's not relevant, but his mother had passed away, was definitely still grieving that. At this point, was undiagnosed as, a bi- as having bipolar. There's still no justification for it. And I know there's been, like, loads of shit in the meantime about whether it was, like, a publicity stunt or whatever. No one would do that to us. Like, it's absolute public humiliation of yeah. on the highest level. Uh, and as she said, like, you hear it and it's, like, the booing... And yeah. even Beyonce's reaction is like, what the fuck is happening? For people who don't remember, I'll just explain. So, well, Taylor Swift was giving her acceptance speech for Best Female Video. Um, Kanye West walked onto the stage and interrupted her. He took the microphone saying, yo, Taylor, I'm really happy for you. I'm going to let you finish. But Beyonce had one of the best videos of all time. One of the best videos of all time. Um, and he was referring to the music video for a single ladies put a ring on it. And then the camera cuts to Beyonce, like you said, and she looks shocked and she's saying, oh, Kanye, oh, God. Like please like her face is like please stop um west was then booed by the audience he then shrugged handed the microphone back to swift prior to the incident oh no sorry prior to the incident on the red carpet um multiple mtv employees recalled being concerned at kanye's behavior after he appeared with a bottle of hennessy in hand Um, and they said he didn't seem to be in a good place but i remember just like even in the documentary it shows that there's just silence for far too long when he hands the microphone back and she's just standing there like are they booing me what is going on like, is this... How do you follow that up? Because especially when you're being pitted against someone like Beyonce, it would be, like, anything you'd say after could be construed as being, like... Do you know what I mean? You know, she did so the right th- thing, like, to just not Yeah, say because, anything. like, if you're, if you're like, oh, you don't want it to be seen to be like, well, I don't agree. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I don't, it's not that... And, like, Taylor Lautner's there and uh, Shakira, I think, was, they were presenting. Uh, sorry, that was very funny. Like, Shakira's dressed as if she's going out for fucking junior night. And yeah. it's, like, her and Taylor Lautner. And it's, like, Taylor Swift. And then... Were they going out that then? No. No. Before. It was before. No, after? it was after. It was after this, yeah. Okay, so her ex-boyfriend is there. No, sorry, this is, sorry, I meant the event happened before this, yeah, so. Sorry, so her few, okay, this doesn't really matter, but Taylor Lautner's there, Shakira's there, and then there's the girls that, like, take her trophy and walk you off the stage. Yeah. And I was just like, someone should have stepped in here, but, like, who, who could have done that, you know? I just, but I just think, as you, as you say it there, if MTV knew the way Kanye was acting. Where was the security? But that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I think it was purely, like, they were just like, ha this could be gas, let's see what happens. Or they did, obviously, who yeah. could have predicted what he was going to say? Nobody could. I think it was, what's the word? I just think it was really bad form of them. Yeah. And really negligent is the word I'm probably looking for. Yeah. For him and her to just let that happen. Because they knew, like, well, nobody could have predicted how much of a ripple effect it would have. Like, we're still talking about it. It's nearly I, I 11 years later. I the moment that it was going to be a thing. Yeah. I don't know. And then she has to perform five minutes later. Like, yeah. great performance that she did of You Belong With Me in, like, the subway, because it was in... Oh, yeah. That was pretty pre-recorded, was it? New York. She says she said that it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't. Um, um, but I said in the car, I was like, if could you... Who was the equivalent now that was that young and that, like, talented... But also that, like, not well-known. That, like, if it's happened now, people would absolutely well, go mad again. And so I was like... In America, Taylor was the shit at that so point. So it's probably and like really Billie Eilish or someone. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would agree There'd with the reference of Billie Eilish. war yeah. if that happened Billie Eilish now, like. Yeah. But the thing is, I don't think they like would Sean let it happen. Mendes. I don't think they... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't think they would let it happen now is the thing because of the whole, like, everyone wants to be the whole, oh, be kind now. Yeah. But I'm like, where's that attitude back then when... You two people who were vulnerable. Yeah. 
and you you let that pan out, not knowing that there were going to be consequences. Could anyone predict how vast the consequences? No, but yeah, I can't believe it's still going on today. It's just insane. And like in the documentary, there's an interview with her after or at some stage, and it's someone being like, "Oh, had you had you met Kanye before, or whatever?" And she's yeah, like, she, "No, this is like, my first time meeting him." Were you a him. fan of him? She goes, I, "I've never met him. I didn't know him. Like, I yeah, I don't want to talk about it." But but she was like clearly like, and she said it. It's you want this person to respect you because yeah. Kanye was having his. This was after. This was around the time of after graduation, and he was arguably again one of the biggest rappers, artists, full stop in the world. Because yeah. I remember, I think it was the VMAs previous to this. He had like his own room and all, where he gave like multiple performances. It was like him and Rihanna, a few of them. Might not have been the year before. Might have been year prior to that again um, it's just hard then to have someone come up and kind of completely undermine just yeah disregard yeah that you've just won I read earlier as well that um, like loads of celebrities came out in support of her and I was actually pissing my pants laughing at Barack Obama came out and was like um, called Kanye West a jackass for what he'd done like he was president at the time and he was like that girl's just up there winning an award what are you doing Button in he was like he's a jackass the president. Um, Who asked that question though? Like, I have no idea. Like I could have written it down, but I didn't. Wouldn't you love if Michael Higgins called you a jackass? Though, yeah, I oh, put that on my CV. A small bit like that. <laughs> That's the way you did I don't think he knows the word though. Um, it's too pure. So many celebrities and industry figures came out in support of her straight away. In fairness, like Pink, Janet Jackson, Kelly Clarkson, Katy Perry, Joel Madden, Adam Lambert, Ryan Seacrest, um, loads of people and Barack Obama. And all came out and said he was in the wrong. Even Donald Trump at the time came out and said everyone should boycott Kanye West. I know, but Donald Trump was also flat out tweeting about like Twilight and Edward and Bella and all. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and and then a ringing endorsement. For on the Beyonce, the whole Beyonce thing, apparently, I can't remember where I read this earlier, but um, people went to find Beyonce and Taylor after the whole thing went down and they just, they kicked Kanye out and went and found them and they were both like crying in their own space or whatever and Beyonce tried to leave and they said no stay because you're going to actually win an award so um, I can't remember what award she won like best album or something um, and they said you're about to win and maybe like if you stay maybe you could give your time for your speech over to Taylor and then that could like sort it out so I think that's what she did in the end She's a good egg, Beyonce and Vernus. Well, like she didn't ask for it. Like it's not, it's really nothing to do with her. Imagine like. being the person in the middle as well. Like, but all, how unfair is it that you, she had to give, give yeah, over her speech even as well? Speech. Oh, like, she, she, got a, she gets enough airtime. Yeah, she just, I'm, I doubt she's crying about it now. Um, the day after uh, Kanye did in, he was due to be on the Tonight Show with Jayla. I know, like it was pre-planned and he came on. He was like, it's been a difficult day. I'm just dealing with the fact that I hurt someone or took anything away from a talented artist or from anyone because I only wanted to tell people. I immediately knew in this situation that it was wrong. It's someone's emotions that I stepped on. It was rude, period. Was that on his blog, did you say? No, he was on the Tonight Show with Jayla, no, like literally he the day up, after. He put up a written apology on his blog and then deleted it later. Like, if you're sorry, leave it up, like. Because, yeah, it was the same thing that happened in, like, the days following, like, Swift came out and said she was interviewed on The View and said she didn't get... Anything she was kind of waiting on a call for Laura. Not that she was waiting on a call, but he hadn't called to apologise personally. She said, I'm not going to say I wasn't rattled by it. I had to perform live five minutes later. So I had to get myself back to the place where I could perform. All the other artists who showed me love in the hours following that, I just never imagined there were that many people out there looking out for me, as you said. Yeah, Joel Jana- Madden. Janet Jackson Joel Madden. flowers. Joel Madden. Who's Joel Madden? That's what you said, Joel Madden. Didn't you? Yeah. 
Joel Madden from Good Charlotte. Girls oh, don't yeah. like boys. Former boyfriend of Hilary Duff. Oh. Yeah. Now um, husband of Nicole Richie. Apparently Taylor's mom went after him backstage and he Jesus, gave like... imagine Andrea, sort of, you wouldn't want that. Yeah, gave some sort of like half-arsed apology and then kept saying that like Beyonce's was superior. And was like, come on, man. But like... Is this the hill you want to die on? Like... Okay, right. Let's leave everything on the table now. You belong with me, single ladies, which is a better video. Single ladies, but like... Really? Yeah, Do you think so? Yeah. The way Kanye went on about it. <laughs> now, I don't know. I don't know how it feels either way, right? But Kanye was going on that it was like revolutionary. Was the dancing very good? Yes. Did I enjoy the glove? Absolutely. <laughs> I loved how like they was... could, I loved how they would like walk up the walls and then it would be the wall again. <laughs> That's very true. But like, tell you what, Beyonce's didn't have Lucas Till. No. Going, you okay, hon, on a sign. Movie. Didn't have the lyric, she wears short skirts, I wear t-shirts. t-shirts. She's your captain and I'm on the bleachers. What is, there's a meme, I tried to look it up there, but I can't find it. I'll try and find it for social of like the, she that's, wears that's short skirts. That's a better skirts. song, but the video is only average. Like, Yeah, hmm. I'm going to try and look up but that But it was a people's vote, wasn't it? Aren't those, the VMAs are like public vote. Not all of them. So not not like, all of the categories. Like, but I think I, that one was. Oh, what was it? Video of the year. Bite your nails in the way. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. That was not nice. Um, what am I looking up? She yeah. wears short skirts. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm pretty sure because I read where someone... It's all fucking rigged anyway. Like, do you know? Someone came out and said... Perez Hilton, Perez Hilton came out and said, Taylor Swift deserved that award. Damn it. It's what the people voted. My heart broke for her. She looks so sad at the end of the moment. So like, it must have been public vote. But like... Paris Hilton voice a reason for Christ's sake I mean I know we'll take where we can get it <laughs> um, oh, I can't find this meme this is going to annoy me so much is this just like a weird dream you've had I don't think there is a meme no it it fully is but what I, is it explain it to me it was like um, it was a meme <laughs> it was a meme on, on Twitter a meme yeah um, <laughs> it, it honestly doesn't matter it doesn't matter though. If you, will you find it and put it on the Instagram? I will, I will find it. I, I need I to look on Twitter properly, I think. But, um, so obviously she came back in 2010 then to the VMAs. Were you going to carry on or can I jump no, in No, you can go for it. Um, so it was the following year and she came back and she did um, Innocent, which is supposedly about yeah. Kanye as well because it's like 32, still growing up now yeah. and it's kind of seemingly uh you could kind of interpret it as being her forgiving him, whatever. Um, the performance began with footage from the infamous 2009 ceremony, then leads into Swift crooning in the chorus. It's all right, just wait and see. Your string of lights is still bright to me. Who you are is not where you've been. You're still an innocent. It's oh. okay. Life is a tough crowd, 32 and still growing up now. But he wasn't there. Because I, th- I think he, did he release, what the fuck is that album called? 808s and Heartbreaks in the meantime. And he was nominated. Or no, was that he on the night? He banned from it, was he? I need to check when it... No, I don't think so. He should have been. They would have fucking... Can you... MTV would have eaten that up, like... Him sitting there and her singing about him. But, like, could you imagine you were Kanye? Like, that song is very... It is a bit, like... What's the word? Like, Fanula, you're biting your nails right sorry. like... Sorry. <laughs> no, sorry. This was... 808s and Heartbreak had come out and was nominated for stuff at the 2009 ceremony when the interruption happened. And I remember when Love Lockdown came up on the nominations yeah. for the rest of, like, the awards... People were booing. I remember that. Oh, yeah. Um, what is the word like the song she like the song she wrote about him? It's very like speaking down to him. What's the word? Is it innocent? Is it the one that I just yeah, heard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, what's the word? No, what's the word? <laughs> what do you mean? What's the word? Innocent? No, but it's very like this. Like in the way she's talking to him in the song, it's very like what is the word? 
I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. Like the weirdest Innocent. Story. What do you mean? A word. Stop <laughs> like, just saying words. It's not like passive aggressive. It's like another word. It doesn't matter. Okay. Condescending. Condescending. Yeah. He's, oh, sorry. You meant like. I'm describing it. Yeah. Okay. That would have helped. Um, it <laughs> is. No, it is like very condescending. But at the same time, I'd be I'd be bitter as fuck. There's there's another thing as well that like that I probably didn't consider at the time. Looking back now, in hindsight, is a wonderful Patronizing. thing. Patronizing. Patronizing. Yeah. Sorry. Condescending is the exact same thing. I know. I looked up condescending synonyms. <laughs> it was, it was patronising. Um. I'd be bitter. Like, at the time, again, I was like, God, would they ever let this go? Mm. Fuck that, no. Like, why? Would it not have been better for her to just ignore it? Probably, but you could say that for a lot of moments during her career. And like, in a lot of ways, I look at it now and I'm like, you're flawed, you're human, you're the exact same as the rest of us. Who hasn't been there and who, like, on a much smaller scale and sent a bitchy text that they shouldn't have and that knows that it's going to get them in trouble or being really passive aggressive. Like sometimes it just happens, Me you know? every day. Yeah. You every day. Um, October, the... Um, I love bitchy texts that get me in trouble. That year as well. So like a month after the ceremony, Kanye was on Ellen. Yeah. And he said he left the country following the reaction to it. Um, and Good. Ellen was like, why? And he said, I feel in some ways I'm a soldier of culture and I realise no one wants that to be my job. I'll never go on stage again. I'll never sit in a award show again. But will I feel conflicted about things that meant something to culture that can't see got denied, get denied for years and years and years? I'm sorry, I will. I cannot lie about it in order to sell records. Like it wasn't that good a video, Kanye. Is that what you're, yeah. you meant? Like, is um, this really the hill you're going to die on? Yeah, truly. Um, then Red came out sometime after that. 2012? 2012, yeah. So that was like the end of 2010. So then there was kind of, we'll, I'll pick back up the Kanye feud as we move through things. But Red came out again. A record that I ignored because I fucking hated that. I remember when we broke up the first time and now I recognise that it's a bit iconic. The it's video, The video is still, that man that's dressed up as a fucking raccoon gives me the absolute heebie-jeebies or whatever woodland creature he's dressed up as. Hate him so much. What is that video? They're all dressed up as woodland creatures in that house and it's like... Who are you texting? A book depositor emailed me. Um, <laughs> and that's about Jake Gyllenhaal apparently. Yeah, I didn't realise she'd gone out with him. Because this was the thing. So she'd obviously like gone through... This is like... She was facing all this speculation as well when it came to her relationships because she'd been with Taylor Lautner at this point. Um, Harry Styles? Harry Styles, yeah. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Not sure who else kind of came into a... that fray. A few more. I, I can bring it up here if you want to keep um, So the Jake Gyllenhaal thing was mad because there was like an age difference there and it just seemed really mad. But the media were obsessed with it. It was, I don't know, was it because she did it so, she lived so publicly like that or because the songs were so autobiographical? Oh, yeah. Sorry, she was, she'd been with Joe Jonas. Oh, that yeah. was much earlier on, in fairness. Um, Why can't I find this? Like a lot of like high profile boyfriends and the media couldn't let it go and uh, like kind of used it as a stick to beat herself with like loved the tunes but at the same time were like geez can you not keep it in your knickers or like can you not can you not can you write about anything else other than like your romantic exploits there yeah. was almost kind of an accusation that it was you're using these people for material nearly sorry and of course she'd obviously been with John Mayer and whoever else in between um, Calvin Harris no, that, Calvin that, Harris that came after um God, yeah, because I knew I knew you were trouble is supposed to be about Harry. But then a lot of the Taylor Swift fans argue that that doesn't line up. Um, the that ma- that the they, yeah, up. that the 
that Harry's and Taylor's relationship was like mad blown out, blown out of proportion by the media as well. That it yeah. was like they went on a few dates. There's and it only wasn't one really picture of them. Else. Yeah, there's yeah, only that one picture of them in the park. Yeah, um, yeah. I've come back to red though, and there are. Um, it's fine. Like it's a good album, but it's not like in the list of her albums. It's not my. It's not in my top three. Like. Red is a tune. I think Red is probably Keane's like? favourite album. Loving him was Red. And then other oh, lyrics. No, but it's like blue, <laughs> other blue jeans all alone. Na, 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 na. Red, 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 red. I don't know that. Do you not? No. All Too Well is supposed to be kind of the song that... Of the TikTok. What? <laughs> They're all mad for All Too Well on TikTok. Are they? Yeah. I don't know what your algorithm's doing, but mine, it comes up once a day. All once Too... A, no, do you know error. what's coming up for me is the remix of Love Story. Where oh. it's like, ah, and there's like a beat and they're like, yeah, yeah. To it. Um, All Too Well is supposedly about Jake Gyllenhaal as well, because there's this whole thing about like, the, it's about his sister's house and there's a scarf that she never got back. And I hate that. Yeah. Just buy a new one, Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> fucking loaded. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I didn't really pay much attention. And then she she kind of follows this, uh, in terms of release schedule, she's usually bang on for releasing them kind of two years yeah. apart. Um, so then there came 1989. That's the one, that's the first time we saw her live. Yeah. That was oh incredible. Oh God, what a time. I still wear that t-shirt I was supposed to wear today. Um, mine is so faded, it's not it's, even funny. I think it was, it was faded when we bought it. I, I tried to get those tickets for you in like, that was the what, birthday present in, di- in so many different countries and I couldn't get them and then my friend was selling tickets for the Dublin show so I was like right grand and I had won like a voucher to stay overnight in DCU which yeah, is so grim and that was a great weekend it was though it was in fairness um, <laughs> and, yeah, but it was, was just good. such a scam of a, a comp- like I won some Twitter competition with DCU accommodation and got to stay in in an apartment you'd lived in you'd yeah in, live, in an apartment in. that I'd paid to live in previously um, <laughs> and we got like breakfast in the fucking staff the room the morning after oh, yeah, yeah. In the staff room. I'm swearing so much sorry um, and we were in the absolute nosebleeds yeah the we were in the nosebleed. second last row they had the sold every cubic square metre of space in that arena for but that even, show because I think there were two dates were there um, I can't remember I would say so but even like I won't if like if I'm buying tickets for stuff now and I can't get like the first block of seats or standing I just probably won't go <laughs> Which is bad. Like I just, but like I just don't like to sit really far back. But yeah. Even as far back as we were for that, that was an incredible show. Like that was a that was a production that told a story from start to finish. I wasn't I wasn't really that bothered. And then I saw not that I wasn't really that bothered. I was like I knew like I knew it was going to be good. We bought t-shirts like. But um, <laughs> yeah, literally like um, I think no, sorry, I must have been pretty excited because I was obviously into that album at that point. I don't know what I'm talking about. No, but like, we, we I kind of Tay Day and it was a whole Snapchat takeover. I kind Do you of remember. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Um, there might have been a moment. I think I was kind of like, oh, this is a present for Breed. But then I got there and it was just, the show is The still, production was so It's one high, of the like... best I've ever seen in my entire life in terms of choreography, in terms of everything. And just the mad monologue she goes on. I was just, I was in. And do you remember she the had The video those, background. Yeah. And with all the cats and, and stuff, like, I just in, loved it. You're in New York. Like, and yeah. then all of a sudden you're in the rain. And, and then it's rain. Oh. Uh. And do you remember she had, <laughs> she had the bracelets that, that, that lit up. No, they were in Croke Park style. They were in the arena style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were mad. They so like lit up every time you banged off them. Yeah, and they they kind of coordinate with like different songs. Yeah. My God, I was like, this is a cutting edge technology. I yeah. loved it. And do you remember we kept them all after, and sometimes they'd just be like, 
yeah, they'd be bipping away until they, until they like run out. Anyway, sorry, 1989, fifth studio album, released October 2014. And it was like kind of a full departure from country. So Red was kind of the transitional because it was still, there was like electropop, but it was touches of country here yeah. and there. Which is again, probably why I didn't fully bed into it. It's why something. Hate country? I don't hate country. I actually do like country now, but I'm, I'm determined to revisit it and maybe get into it a little bit more. Um, but obviously it's 1989, the year she was born. It's inspired by the 80s. It's all synth pop. Um, the team behind it, it's Max Martin, obviously huge pop powerhouse. Shellback, Ryan Tedder, he's the front man of One Republic and Jack Antonoff, who you might know from the band Fun. And he's been like her longtime collaborator He's in now. the documentary. Yeah. I'm obsessed with him. If anyone doesn't know, if, if, if people like pop and they don't know about Bleachers, that's like his side project. Oh yeah. So... So, 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 so good. He is a fucking genius. Um, and then uh, she acted as a, an executive producer on the album. It won Album of the Year and Best Pop Vocal Album at the 58th uh, Grammy Awards. And it made Swift the first female solo artist to win the former category twice. Um, seven singles, Shake It Off, Blank Space. Do you love or hate Shake It Off? I, I like it more than I used to. Yeah. I can appreciate it for what it is, but I, it wouldn't be one of my favourites. Yeah, fair. I understand the purpose that it serves. And I think the video was like, what crap. purpose does it serve? Just Do you know what I mean? As, no, but as a single, it's like very accessible. It's like for everyone. I think yeah. she's very, she's very smart in the way she markets herself and puts herself out. And that's, again, that's kind of been something that people have tried to criticize her for in terms of career progression, in terms of how she's she reinvented herself so many times. Yeah, but even beyond that, just the way she looks at like every album campaign, everything is like an event. And it's like, let's call a spade a spade here. It's because she loves songwriting, loves the music. It's also to make money. And she's very, very smart in that. And I think people have tried to criticize her for that before. And the more I think about it and the more I reflect on the stuff that she's done per kind of era, I'm like, you're a genius. You are a genius. Like... As for how young you, for how young she was at these certain stages, yeah, and for how she's kind of managed her career, despite it all, like anyway, uh, blank space, which is a tune, yeah, and that was is. another one where I, that's one of the songs where she's kind of flipping the narrative that the media had on her about her being a man eater and just using all these men to to make content essentially. Um, the remix of Bad, Bad Blood featuring Kendrick Lamar. Love that. Um, do you remember the video for that was no. a, an event as well? Do you remember she has, like everyone's in it. It's like Soraya, is Ruby Rose in it? Oh, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad Blood. Yeah, Ruby, Road, Ruby Rose, isn't it? It's like her girl fam or whatever. What are they called? The girl squad, yeah. Girl video squad. cast. Like uh, Olivia Benson, Selena Gomez, Cara Delevingne, Mariska. No. What? Did you say Olivia Benson? Ashley Benson I said You said Olivia Benson I said Olivia Benson Because that's the character In Law and Order Isn't it? Someone <laughs> will correct me on that Because she is her cat Named after the character In Law and Order but the, you And know, one, another cat Named after Meredith And Grey's Anatomy Yeah But that's an, like Ellen Pompeo who, play, who plays her Is in the video Shut up um, It's whatever the fuck I don't Ellen care Ellen uh, Jess Galba Carly Kloss Yeah uh, Soraya Ke- Like Kendrick Lamar Is just there to cash his check And leave Yeah Yeah uh, Lena Dunham, Hayley Steinfeld, Ellie Golding, uh, Gigi Hadid, Hayley Williams, Zendaya, Lily Aldridge. Like, it's just... And they're all female superheroes. Yeah, it was just completely insane. Yeah. Um, 
The album was promoted by the 1989 tour, which we obviously went to from May to December 2015 and grossed over $250 million, becoming the highest grossing concert tour of 2015. Scott Borchetta, who I'll talk about later on, he was the president of Big Machine, which is Swift's former label. He didn't want her to go pop at all. He was like, I need you to stay country. Like, I don't know. You're taking a box for me. Yeah. He was like, I don't know if people are going to buy it. Follow along with you. Like, um, do you remember her taking all her music off streaming services? Yes. This was around this time as well. Wasn't so. there a lawsuit or something going on? No? No, it wasn't a lawsuit. Um, she removed her entire catalogue from Spotify, arguing that the streaming's company ad-supported free service undermined the premium service, which provides royal- higher royalties for songwriters. And then in June 2015, she wrote that open letter to Apple Music because that was kind of only just coming on the scene. And she criticised them because for not offering royalties to artists during the streaming service's free three-month trial period and stated that she would pull 1989 from the catalogue. The following, excuse me, the following day, Apple announced that it would pay artists during the free trial period. Swift thereafter agreed to keep 1989 on the streaming service. She re-added her entire catalogue to Spotify, Amazon Music and Google Play in June 17. I'll come back to that because that's significant. Um, by 2015, the album was the second album to spawn five or more US top 10 singles in the in the teenies following Katy Perry's Teenage Dream, which is also ironic and we'll get to that. Um, I wrote this down because I thought it was funny. 1989 was cited as an influence by British pop band The Vamps for their album Wake Up. What? Good for them. <laughs> How? <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Who the fuck cares? That was a bop of an album as well though. Well, what songs were no, on that I'm album? thinking of Meet the Vamps. You are thinking of Meet the Vamps. Yeah. <laughs> of course you're thinking of Meet the Vamps for fuck's sake. <laughs> uh, that is a bop of an album. Ryan Adams obviously did that um, cover. He basically did his own version of 1989 because he said it helped him through the breakdown of his marriage. We've since learned that he is a big fat abuser so we don't Acknowledge oh. that anymore. Yeah, he was a dickhead man anymore and probably multiple other women. Um, it got a 7.7 on Pitchfork. Um, the 1989 World Tours we mentioned, there were loads of special special guests on the American one to the point where oh, yeah. she was still big on social media at the time. So like after every concert, she'd upload a pic being like, thanks X for coming, blah, blah, blah. And when we went to see her in Dublin, we were like, Hosier's going to come out. He's yeah. going to emerge from the swamp at any minute. It's going to be like, take me to church. He did not. Rest assured, he did not no do that. No one came out. No one came out, which is unsurprising because I, I don't think many people came out on the European tour bar a few on the London tour. Can you remember or do you want to throw a name out there and see if you'll get it right? Is it, I have a list of people here turned up on the tour. Someone who came out and sang with her? Yeah. Some, people, some of them didn't even sing. Okay. But you can, this is how broad it was. Yeah. Uh, Aretha Franklin. <laughs> no. <laughs> really? Yeah. No. Someone else. <laughs> someone fucking reasonable breed for fuck's sake. That wouldn't have been. One of your favourites One of your favourites And she does She's um, This could be anyone oh, What's the princess called? Sophia No <laughs> No um, Is it Mandy Moore? No No it's not Mandy Moore uh, Do you know It's a cartoon And Sophia the first No <laughs> I was a girl In the village You went alright And I became a princess Overnight What are you talking about? She did Wicked Adina Menzel. Yes. She came out and they did a whole bit where Elsa's Swift. a queen, not Swift, a princess. Swift was dressed <laughs> as Olaf. Whatever. Um, that would have been a great night to be there. Um, a night I, I would... Like, piss my pants if I saw Adina Menzel. A night I would have liked to have been there. Um, Fetty Wap. <laughs> what did he do? 
I'm like, I was up below, and she's like grinding. I, if if I was at that concert and Fetty Wap came out, I would have died. I think about <laughs> no, I think about Fetty Wap at least once a week. I only thought about this the other day because he's on my gym playlist. He, he came out and he don't was like, know where you find the time. He's to like, think about all these different things. He came out and he did Trap Queen and just left. What is like? Did we, he? Yeah, he, he has about 800 children by 400 different women, but <laughs> that's good man. And he just does his bits with the drugs or whatever. Allegedly, obviously, I can't prove that, but. Um, <laughs> When else? Um, Little Mix. Oh, they would have been a ball. Fifth Harmony. Julia Roberts. We were just talking about what her. She, she came do? out on stage one stage. Um, oh, sorry. You love this. Imagine you're there. You've bought your tickets for Taylor Swift. <laughs> and who comes out to join her? It's going to be like Denzel <laughs> or someone. No. Do you remember, do you remember your man that sang Cheerleader? Uh, oh, we, Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I think that, that I found myself a cheerleader. I remember when that I heard. One. I remember when I heard that song first. I was like, "Oh my god, this is a song of the summer." Is it Omi or is it OMI? I think Omi. It's fine. Okay. Um, maybe we should try and get him on. I remember when the song <laughs> came out. Anyway, and it, it was like big, and we were at someone's twenty-first. I think, and I remember saying, "No, were we? No, I don't. I was can't I remember. There? No, I don't think so. I, no, I don't think it was. No, I don't think." I don't think it was the twenty first. Um, You're backtracking now because I wasn't invited. Were you <laughs> Jason Baldwin? Were you Jason Baldwin's twenty first? No, I think was I might have been at that. Yeah. No. Um, and we were getting ready, and we were playing that. Might not have been that actually, because because it was like <laughs> anyway. Uh, this came on, and I was like, oh my god, this is the song of the summer. And Kerry was like, for it's March. <laughs> but but it was. But, but it was. Um, we called it early. So who else? We had Avril Lavigne, Selena Gomez, Lavigne. Justin Timberlake, Ellie Goulding, Charlie XCX, Keith Urban, Nelly, Steven Tyler, Leona Lewis, Pitbull. Is Nelly cancelled? No. I don't know. Okay. Undecided. Um, John Legend, Alanis Morissette. She would have been very good. Lisa Kudrow came out as Phoebe Buffay. Love that. Um, it's hard to get them to do anything with friends related these days. Yeah. Uh, Nico and Vince. Am I wrong? And they just did that. Oh, like, say to that. Like some of these people. Absolute. Imagine thinking you're going to see fucking Julia Roberts <laughs> and then Nico and Vince come. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Here's another fucking one. I think it would have been better. Like. Here's another one. MKTO. I love them. Oh, you're out of my head. You're so mad, dick. <laughs> it's classic, you fucking dickhead. You're, you're out of my head. You're out of my head. <laughs> Do you know what you're thinking of? <laughs> Why you gotta be so rude? Because no, they're not. called magic. No, you are not. I know MKTO because they had a song called Thank You. It's like, thank you for feeding us years of lies. It wasn't to be my graduation song. And the school oh, said no. Oh, you've talked about this before. The school said no. That's a good song. Um, Nick Jonas, Lord, Jason Derulo, Walk the Moon. I would have loved if I'd been there for Walk the Moon. Walk the Moon are the, one of the best bands we've ever seen live. Um, World Cup champions, US women's soccer national team and Heidi Klum. They were both there at the same time for some reason. <laughs> what? Did they, none of them can sing. <laughs> Uh, Haim The Weeknd Serena Williams Echo Smith Every single member of Echo Smith Should be sentenced to death For that song I wish that I could be like the cool kids That's the worst song in the entire world I thought that was uh, She's just in the the background No Foster the People are fine Okay That is a shit No guillotine for them Um, Do you know what's worse than that song The Glee version of it And they do that Oh Christ Oh sorry So Um a few other people then so the Beck St. Vincent loads of other people and I'll leave you with these three Matt LeBlanc <laughs> so Joey from Friends <laughs> did he come as Joey or Matt? no he came as Matt Chris Rock he can't come after Phoebe of Chris Rock and Sean O'Pry they all came <laughs> out together I don't know who the last one is I think they were why all why did you leave it on that one? I, think, know who it is. I think they were all in, in a movie together or something and we're just promoting it and, and Taylor was like yeah alright Taylor 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 anyway that was 1989 
um, so many good songs. Right. I actually, I honestly couldn't pick one because I was thinking about it. I was like, mm, maybe Style. Style is iconic. I um, um, I loved All You Do Is Stay. Out of the Woods. Stay. Um, I wish you would. I wish you would. I'm going to bring up the track list. You Are In Love is one of my favourite songs of all time. It's so good, but it kind of rats me because it's about Lena Dunham and Jack Antonoff and they are no longer together and Lena is absolutely cancelled, unfortunately. Oh. Well, actually not unfortunately, but... She should be cancelled for how annoying she's in girls alone, let alone when she's like in her personal life. Um, my favourite is Wildest Dreams. Yeah, that is very good. That was a single. That's a good one. And Clean. Clean is... Oh. Clean is a bop. Who's that about? I think Jake Jill. No, do you know what that's about? Because it's in the documentary... Well, I don't know if it's about this, but she's, do you remember with the whole sexual assault case? Oh, yes. And she came out and she was like, it's the year today since the jury ruled Did my Did you favor. have anything on that? I forgot to take notes on it. Um, I've nothing written down, just what I saw in the documentary today. Um, yeah, basically, there was a man. Do you know who he was? Or he was just someone. He was a radio him? DJ. Oh, and was it was he? at like some promo or meet and greet kind of event thing. Yeah. And they got a photo taken together. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. It was her, some other doll and the radio DJ and... His hand is very clearly yeah. on her arse. And, and she set up her dress yeah. um, in the picture and she called him out on it and he took her to court and tried to sue her for defamation I think yeah and then he she countersued for a dollar he was trying he was trying to sue her for like millions, millions. oh yeah and she countersued for a dollar I remember that basically she won um, but she, she it was a kind of a pivotal moment for her because she was like if I if I have photographic evidence of this man assaulting me and I'm still being brought to court and people still don't believe me um, how are people like rape victims ever going to be believed like do you know yeah, um, I thought that was very um, powerful. So then she started coming out and talking about politics and trying to make a difference. She's very good. good yeah, I have, I'm looking at an article here and it's like for, or it's like, why is the case significant? Um, highlighted the underreporting of sexual assault. The 2013 incident only became public in 2015 when radio personality David Muller, who lost his job after Miss Swift's team reported the groping claim to his radio station, filed a defamation lawsuit against Swift. With the incident out in the open, Miss Swift filed a countersuit alleging sexual assault, which she has just won. This was written in 2017. In court, Taylor Swift's mother, Andrea Swift, said she did not go to police when her daughter first told her she had been groped because I did not want this event to define her life. I did not want her to have to live through the endless memes and gifts the tabloid media and internet trolls decided to come up with doctoring the pictures and making her relive this awful moment over and over again so there you go Miss, Miss Swift's lawyer said the star had wanted to keep the situation discreet and quiet and confidential and she says this in the documentary where they're kind of looking across at each other and your man is looking at her as if she's done something wrong yeah what a freak that truly yeah 
1989 though you'll never get a better rap album sorry like, uh, we're talking about we'll obviously, we're obviously going to talk about Reputation and Folklore because it's the most recent album they do not they just don't stand up against it like I remember did I say this already on, I remember listening to it on that Vimeo and just I was just obsessed yeah. it was like I could oh, I just it's so good it's the absolute blueprint of it for anyone looking to get into pop music or looking to make a record it is so cohesive it's just fun you can see it you yeah. can see it happening before your eyes as you listen so good so so good yeah it's very well rounded um were you gonna i was gonna jump straight into reputation Do it. um reputation obviously came out in november 2018 um but sorry i should preempt this because a lot of things happened before reputation um, you may remember us talking about herself and Kanye mere <laughs> moments ago. Um, he had obviously made that point on Ellen. So then we're going to fast forward two years later. We're looking at March 2012. Um, there seemed to be a thawing of their relationship um, as part of her fashion spread for Australian Harper's Bazaar. Um, Taylor wore a shirt from West's clothing label. Uh, Yeezy. And then we're going to go forward another year in 2013 to promote Yeezus. Uh, West granted a Q&A to the New York Times. In the wide-ranging Q&A, West briefly discusses Taylor Swift, noting in part that he doesn't regret the stage crash and highlighting his complicated feelings about award shows, race and fame. He said, The incident only led me to complete awesomeness at all times. Oh. It doesn't make any sense. It's only led me to awesome truth and awesomeness. Beauty, truth, awesomeness. That's all it is, he said, noting that it was a situation where he gave into peer pressure to apologise. When asked if he'd take back the original action or the apology, if given the choice, he replied, you know what, I can answer that, but I'm, I'm just not afraid. But I know that would be such a distraction. It's such a strong thing and people have such a strong feeling about it. My beautiful dark twist of fantasy was my long backhanded apology. That's his, the album that followed, which I'm, I don't know where the apology is in that. As yeah. someone who has listened to it extensively, show me the apology. Um, you know how people give a backhanded compliment? It was a backhanded apology. It was like all these raps, all these sonic acrobats. I was like, let me show you guys what I can do and please accept me back. You want to have me on your shelves. Okay. Um, and then that same year, I think a month later, Taylor gave um, a gift to Ed Sheeran. It was like a jar of jam. And on the jam, uh, this is people think she's annoying because she does. She'd like written, this. she'd written everything that Kanye said. Do you know? It was like I'm gonna let you finish. She'd written that on the jam jar and given it to. Why? Don't know. Yeah, there is shit like that. I'm like, yeah, but imagine no. like our private jokes were aired to 50 million people on social media. That's true as well. Yeah, yeah. we'd be cancelled long ago. Yeah. Um, so then you're talking two, two years later, we're in 2015, February, Taylor and Kanye make headlines when they're photographed shaking it off, smiling and having a conversation with each other during the 2015 gra Grammy ceremony. In an interview with Ryan Seacrest the following day, West claimed, Taylor Swift came up to me right after Beck won album of the year um, over Beyonce, like literally <laughs> afterwards and tells me I should have went on stage. This is the irony in my life. She wants to get in the studio and we're definitely going to go in. Any artist with an amazing point of view, perspective, fan base, I'm down to get in the studio and work. I don't discriminate. Um, she's on the Vanity Fair September issue that year 
and she's basically like I feel like I wasn't ready to be friends with him until I felt like he had some sort of respect for me and he wasn't ready to be friends with me until he had some sort of respect for me so it was the same issue and we both reached the same place at the same time I, she became friends with Jay-Z and um, she was like I think it was important for Jay-Z and Kanye to get along or the three of them to get along and then Kanye and I both reached a place where he would say really nice things about my music and what I've accomplished and I could ask him how his kid's doing as for the rumoured collaboration, we haven't planned any collaboration, but hey, I like him as a person and that's a really good, nice first step, a nice place for us to be. So then we're going to fast forward to the VMAs of that year. So VMAs 2015 um, and West is receiving the video Vanguard, which is like the kind of lifetime achievement oh, yeah. that they do for um, the VMAs. And it's organised that Swift is going to, Taylor's going to present it to Kanye. For fuck's sake. Yeah. Let it go. Um, that should never... No. Ever have been a thing. And again, that's where I lay the blame on MTV. Oh, yeah. MTV shouldn't, I don't, like again, it was pure ratings over everything. And I'm like, yeah. how could you, I don't know. Anyway, um, while it would be West's remarks that ultimately generated the most chatter afterwards, because that's when he was talking about running for president and whatever, blah, blah, blah. it was a big moment when a grinning Swift took the stage to give an award to her one-time foe. I first met Kanye West six years ago. At this show, actually, she joked at the beginning of her remarks. It seemed like everyone in the world knew about her infamous encounter at the VMAs. But something that you may not know is that Kanye West's album, College Dropout, was the very first album my brother and I bought on iTunes when I was 12 years old. I've been a fan of his for as long as I can remember because Kanye defines what it means to be a creative force in music, fashion and, well, life. So I guess I have to say to all the other winners tonight, I'm really happy for you and I'm going to let you finish, but Kanye West is at one of the greatest careers of all time. It takes a lot for someone to go up and do that after everything, I think. And well, joke about why it. Why did she do it? Like, like To be the bigger person? You never... Did she? Because it would have come out... If MTV had come to her and been like, listen, will you do this? And she'd been like, no. They would have used that against her as well. Do you think? Yeah. Fully, yeah. But then, like, the, I like I think people would have respected that more because, like, why the fuck would you? You know? Yeah. She'd know, like, she... There's no... She didn't really have anything to gain no. by doing it. Yeah, I suppose. She like there was no no one was expecting there was no her to need do that, for her like. to present it I don't think no it just seems she could have been there and applauded from the crowd for him and people would have been like oh great you that's know? the thing and it's so and she's standing next to Kim as he's like going on this whole thing about running for president and it's just insane fast forward to 2016 he releases Life of Pablo. Um, and obviously it is a song famous on it where the oh, lyrics go yeah. I feel like me and Taylor might still have sex why I made that bitch famous. Taylor's rep then shared this statement with Billboard at the time. Kanye did not call for approval, but to ask Taylor to release his song Famous on her Twitter account. She declined and cautioned him about releasing a song with such a strong misogynistic message. Taylor was never made aware of the actual lyric I made that bitch famous. Um, and then obviously you had Kim stepping in. Kim did... She put it on her Snapchat. Well, Kim did GQ before this and she was obviously asked about it and she said that the, the conversation was recorded. This is when we were kind of told about it. Um, and she was like, she totally approved it. She totally knew that that was coming out. She wanted to all of a sudden act like she didn't. I swear my husband gets so much shit for things when he really was doing proper protocol and even called to get it approved. What rapper would call a girl that he was rapping a line about to get approval? Um, Swift, Kim insists, totally gave the okay. Rick Rubin was there. So many respected people in the music business heard that conversation, knew blah, blah, blah. And then Kim is like, I mean, he's called me a bitch in his songs. That's just like what they say. I never oh, once Kim. think, I never once think gasping. What a derogatory word. How dare he? Not in a million years. I don't know why she just, you know, flipped all of a sudden. Um, and then she was saying that on the call, Taylor had said um, that she was like, oh, it's funny. Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm after scrolling down here. Oh, where am I gone? Why did they record that call in the first place? But this is the whole thing, like. 
Um, And it wasn't like recorded for the show. It was recorded on like Kim's phone. Sorry, Taylor said, when I get on the Grammy red carpet, all the media is going to think that I'm so against this and I'll just laugh and say, the joke's on you guys. I was in on it the whole time. Yeah. And then obviously when she won... But he didn't give her the lyric. Like he didn't tell her the lyric. Yeah. yeah. Well, this because this was the thing. She accepted the award for best album for 1989 and she made some reference to it. Like there'll always be people who try to bring you down and like men who try to take away from your achievements, blah, blah, blah. We'll get into this though. So obviously they recorded this conver- this conversation. But before this, Swift's representative came out again and was like, she doesn't hold anything against Kim. She recognises the pressure Kim must be under and that she's only repeating what she has been told by Kanye. However, that does not change the fact that much of what Kim is saying is incorrect. So it's basically denying it to the hilt, right? So then you have, I'm looking at the timeline here. So that was June. So then you have a month later in 2016, July 2016, um, and they're talking about and keeping up with the Kardashians. Kim's yeah, like saying, I saw that Taylor's talking shit. Um, blah, blah, blah. And then, it must have been like a day later, it was the same month in July, Snapchat footage that Kim has recorded. She releases it on her Snapchat. Can you imagine that happening today? Who the fuck uses Snapchat anymore? I know. That was, that was the WikiLeaks of my time. Well, it WikiLeaks. wasn't that long ago. Like, but this is, with the WikiLeaks is probably the WikiLeaks of my time, but you know what I mean? Like, I remember this being explosive yeah so explosive so she has the footage and she releases it on snapchat of the recorded video where Kanye and taylor appear to be on the phone and they're discussing the famous lyric while the two speak about the i feel like me and taylor might still have sex line there's no footage of him saying i made that bitch famous right yeah because that's the worst lyric like that's the bad bit well i mean neither of them are great like, they're both bitch, inherently like, misogynistic if he just called her a bitch i don't think it'd be that mad but like he's disregarding her whole career by saying he made her famous do you know I, both of the lines are really bad I think I don't think yeah obviously calling people a bitch is not nice yeah but I think that I would be more offended by the second part of it um, in the video she Swift seems like it's um, she's taking it as a compliment but then she takes to Twitter where we get the iconic line that um, I'm uh, about to say I hope I have it here oh do I have it written down here oh I'll get it anyway um Where's the video of Kanye telling me he was going to call me a bitch in his song? She wrote for a screenshot of a note. It doesn't exist because it never happened. Well, I wanted to be supportive of Kanye on the phone call. You cannot approve a song you haven't heard. Being falsely painted as a liar when I was never given the full story or played any part of the song is character assassination. And then she went on to be, to give us the line, I would like to be excluded from this narrative. Oh yeah. Which is just, I need to get One I didn't want and have been in, like, what is it? I'm just going to put it here now. Could we get it? Oh, I keep forgetting I have no internet. Will you Google it? <laughs> what, what are we Googling? Uh, Swift, I would like to be excluded from the start of. I'd yeah. like to be excluded from the start of. That's what the intro should have been. No. You, you suggested that we shot it down, remember? Yeah, because it was a bit depressing. <laughs> um, like it was bombshell like. and But this was at a time uh, Taylor Swift is over party was trending. Kim was like tweeting about, oh, it was like International Snake Day or something. And Kim tweeted being like, what a coincidence. Oh, what a bitch. And it was, Swift was getting bombed in all comments on her social media, like snake emojis from like Kardashian fans and Kanye West fans. And obviously when Kanye toured with Life of Pablo, like there's clips in Miss Americana as well, where he's on the tour to support Life of Pablo. And he's singing, oh, uh, he's singing the line from Famous. And you've the crowd. They're saying fuck Taylor Swift. Fuck Taylor Swift. Fuck Taylor Swift. That is sad. Yeah. And then Um, you, like, if you consider the video where he's made this, like, naked body of her. Yeah. In what is essentially a revenge porn video. Yeah. And she's described as that herself. 
I look back on all that stuff and I'm like, how was I, how was I not more critical of him? How could I sit back and be like, I know. The quote is, I would very much like to be excluded from this narrative, one that I have never asked to be a part of since 2009. And there's just so many articles on how that is the perfect response to anything. Like, it's like you're calling sick to work. I would like to be excluded from I'd this like narrative. I'd like to be excluded from this narrative. <laughs> it's fair. Um, um, so that happened in 2016. So then, as I mentioned, Reputation came out in November 2018. Pretty much radio silence. And she admits that she like went to ground because she was just... she. Bro- I'd say she was just a broken woman. Like. Yeah. The whole, sorry, you had mentioned this, but the whole Taylor Swift is over party, that was like, well, I'll talk about the documentary, but that was like... Trending number one worldwide. You, like when she says, do you know how many people have to be tweeting that they hate you for that to be the number one trending tweet worldwide? When I, Everyone was at, like just out to criticise her for very little. Like When I was watching this documentary and kind of reviewing this and putting together the notes, all I could keep thinking of was, imagine being that rich and just not logging off. Imagine being on Twitter and being that rich. Fuck me. Go get a hobby. Fanula. Go get a hobby. Fanula. I will say this here now. For the record, you could be as rich as you like. You will never log off. I never log Yeah, but Instagram's a good buzz. Like, I just mean, or TikTok. Like, <laughs> there is no amount of money that will take you off your phone. I could, I would bet my whole house on that. I'd like to think I would. I'd, no. I'd like to think I could pay someone that if I was. What would you do with your hands? <laughs> <laughs> I'm winking She's winking and clicking um, Oh god what I didn't that? mean to do that um, It was very apt so I would pay someone To Have my passwords Or I wouldn't manage my own social media I would I would pay someone To get me off social media Because There's no, None of this is worth that And But this just goes show I suppose, I'm sure she back has to your point, to It's like Oh yeah no She has like the Taylor Swift like army or whatever the fuck they're called it's like TS updates that do her bits now and she still does her own bits but like her comments are still limited on Instagram and all yeah um, but it's just but it goes back to your point like imagine having that much money and there's you've all this shit playing out in the public arena and nobody has any sense to be like will we just not like you wouldn't wish that on your worst enemy that whole like no. the whole world tweeting that you're an arsehole no but I remember then Taylor tried to reclaim like the snake with this era yeah. of music and she deleted everything off her Instagram deleted everything off her Instagram everything off her Twitter and then she started uploading this, these clips of like this snake to preempt uh, Look What You Made Me Do which was the first single off this album which is not good it's grand Ooh. it's um, like the impact of it in the video is very good really like the video it's wasn't she sued for that as well by the video the song because it's uh, I'm too sexy for my shirt. No, she got it. It's a sample. Like she. Got oh, it is it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it yeah. It samples right side for it. Okay. Which like, why would you ever do that? Like, I don't know. I just. But and I I understand criticism of her as well because again, like the lyrics are really pointed. It's like the world moves on another day, another drama, drama. But I not for me, not, not for, for me. me. All, all I, I think, think about is karma. Like it. There was. The criticism of her kind of loving the drama as well, I, I can kind of see is valid. Oh, until How I watched the documentary. How to bounce back, you know? She had to address she it. She had like, to, yeah. like, reclaim it. Yeah, and it was either, co- yeah, come back fighting, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, so that was, it, this album was more like, electropop was a lot darker, I would say. Um, kind of took inspiration from a load of it. Like, it, there's kind of like hip-hop elements to it as well. Um, so the first single as I mentioned Look What You Made Me Do second single was Ready For It um, Gorgeous was also released as a single do you know who does the baby voice at the start? Um, no it's other cat James <laughs> James Reynolds who is uh, Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds Sprague oh is it? Yeah. that's pretty cute um, Delicate ended up being James but it's a girl 
Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Delicate ended up being the single that like was charting for the longest in the States. It was a bit of a sleeper hit. Um, it wasn't released on streaming services initially because I think there was still, this was pre, or was it? I remember because I remember having to buy it. I remember walking around listening to yeah, it. Yeah, I, I bought it, it as well. I think it was the last album I bought on iTunes. No, I bought 1989, I think. Um, in August 2017, UPS announced that it would be the official delivery partner for Reputation. This is what I mean when I say she's genius in terms of financial and promotional moves. Like, she's all about the spawn con. She'd yeah. make, if she wasn't an artist, she'd be an influencer. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, I did like that album. I didn't, I wouldn't have been mad on a lot of the singles, but I, f- I found myself going back to some of the album tracks. I really like Dress. I really like King of My Heart. I really like Call It What You Want. I like I New Year's Day. I don't know them. New Year's Day, I know. Um, I like Soul Goals. This is the one we saw in Crow Park. Yeah. Dancing with our hands tied, hands tied. There's a lot of strong stuff in it. Yeah. There, yeah, it was a brilliant show. I love God, the I remember. staging and she the styling did, of Yeah, it. she did dress live in Croke Park um, and it was, well, she did a lot of songs off Reputation because it was a Reputa- Repu- Reputation Stadium tour. Um, we bought tickets for Croke Park. The only six people the in the place only, <laughs> that paid for their The tickets. only six people that paid for their <laughs> tickets. Um, Taylor told, when she played Croke Park, she obviously played two dates. Um, she was the fourth female artist to have ever headlined in Croke Park. Um, but she became the first female artist to have played two nights there. Who were the other three? Beyonce? Beyonce. Um, I should have written that down shouldn't I I'll google it you keep going um, amazing show really really good show um, despite everything C- Camille Cabello supported and Charlie XCX we missed a bit of Charlie XCX which I was disappointed about I could hear her doing five in the morning as we were walking down to go in yeah. Cam- Camille Cabello did not sing one word one I ought to have word on stage no she didn't want to be there lips lips and queen she did fucking not I'll tell you that for one thing um, I thought it was very good I someone told me at the time the number of free tickets that um, thousands and thousands. You're talking no, ten, you're talking tens of thousands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I remember correctly, I think it was like forty thousand tickets. I can't find who that was. Um, forty thousand oh, free tickets, and we fucking paid morons. Tina Turner, Beyonce, and Celine Dion have all headlined Kroger in the past. She would have they sold out one buzz. night. I don't know. Was it just what? Would you think it was because of like just she got cancelled and then no one wanted to see her anymore? Do you think it was a case of that or was it just like bad I timing? Do, I, I think it was a bit of that. And I think if you're considering that her audience would still be fairly young, like they're not going to be... Do you know Beyonce stands are kind of, at this point now, they're our age or they're older and probably have more disposable income. Like I think if I'm yeah. going to look at purely from a very cynical, critical standpoint... At that time, Taylor still had a lot of fans who were very young who wouldn't have been able to afford to go more than one night. Yeah, I, th- I think that definitely played a part. Uh, yeah, it's just you forget how big a venue it is. Like it's such what a massive... What is the massive... of Park? Oh, hold on, I had it there and then I got rid of it. Um, you forget like it is such a leap from the three arena. 82,300. What's the three arena? Hang on. What is the three arena? Oh, that's going to annoy me. 13,000 yeah like it's like f- four times bigger yeah she should have just you would like once. you wouldn't do four nights in the three arena no one had said four nights in the three arena picture this except for picture this one. <laughs> allegedly we won't go there <laughs> um I, yeah I did I did I liked that album more I think I reviewed it for no encore and I can't I think I might have given it a six or seven out of ten which in hindsight I think is a bit harsh she didn't like wasn't mad on a lot of the singles I have um 
Eve's recollection of that night in Crow Park. Do you yes. Well, it is now a good time yeah, to play it. Yeah, we had a friend who got, was invited well, she, backstage. She explains it all. Yeah. We'll let, um, uh, we'll let Eve Curtin take it away. Hey, baby girl, breathe. How are you doing? So, follow, follow. 2018, a friend of mine had a plug in Universal and he was offered two tickets uh, to go see T-Swift, much like 75% of Ireland at that time. But he was very lucky in that it, they were VIP all-access tickets and it allowed us to go to a box and get free food and drink and like little extras and we got T-shirts and little badges and key rings and stuff and I was blessed and highly favoured to be invited along had a great great time um, when we got to Coke Park we were led up to the box and we had a few drinks and a bite to eat um, met other people that were there lots of people from like music industry load of radio heads and then we were introduced to her mom, and her mom gave us a tour of the backstage area of the whole gig. We met like the people that run the lighting design, um, costume department, all the, kind of the backstage bits and the work that goes into it, and like the amount of staff that travel with her. I think she's around eighty people that go to every venue, and the work that goes into it, and the setup, and how you build it. It was really, really cool. Like anyone really that's into gigs, it was a deadly experience. Um, me and loads of superstands and little girls in my element. It was so fab, all the girls together. And the mom was showing us like the costume department and how they do the quick changes. And uh, like there's someone that's on like fixing her hair, there's someone else that'll do her top, someone else will do like skirts, someone else on shoes. And it kind of reminded me of like Formula One. Do you know when they pull in and like there's one lad per tire like that, but like with T Swift. Very, very cool. Showed us some of the other costumes, like stunning bits, gorgeous jackets and dresses and things. Um, and then we were brought to her meet and greet room and there was more food and drink there we were just asked to space out and our bags and our phones were put in a separate room like you couldn't take any photos um and they were just checking that we didn't have like anything like dangerous on us and stuff like that they're very chill and uh we're asked to spread around and her security guard came in and her mom was still with us chatting away she said that they were in the cliffs of mohair the day before um, that they had a lovely time there and they love Ireland and they always have a really great time here and that everyone's really welcome into them. Um, so we're all kind of in a little area each and they said, don't like rush at her. She'll come to each person and she'll make sure everyone gets um, some time with her and we'll we'll take a photo for you, so don't worry about that. Um, so she came in and everyone like lost the plot, but she was so lovely. And she, like, spent time talking to everyone. It wasn't just, like, pick next person, pick next person. Like, she was asking us, like, all about, like, where are we from? Like, did we live in Dublin? What the crack was? And she came over to me and she was like, I love your hair. She's like, it's so curly. And she told me her curly hair days. And she's like, I think I might get them back. I was like, it's gorgeous. Her own hair is fab. It's very, like, soft, gorgy, like, fresh blow-dry hair. Um, very pretty, very, very tall. Like, I am wearing heels in that picture, and, like, she's towering. Um, she's, like, big camo jacket on her, it would be cool. And I was like, well, I heard you were in the Kevin yesterday. And she's like, oh, no, I wasn't. The rest of the team went. She's like, my mom went, and everyone, like, that works backstage went. But she doesn't, uh, when she's visiting countries to tour, she doesn't actually go sightseeing. And I was like, oh, because she said, like, in fair point, but it's also kind of sad. She was like, if I was to get injured or to get sick, then I'm 
risking like tens of thousands of people who were coming to have a good time and then like the work of the other 80 staff members she's like if i do that then i've just ruined it for thousands of people so rather than go sightseeing or go somewhere where she'd like probably do a bit of climbing around mountains and up the cliffs and stuff like that it's too high risk so she stays in her hotel when everyone else goes sightseeing i thought that was a bit sad and I was, because we ended up kind of just chatting for a minute, and I was like, oh, like, did you just stay in the hotel? She's like, yeah. She's like, I've, um, I'm working my way through Netflix, and she had just finished Grey's Anatomy the night before. So she just chills in her room and eats and watches Netflix, much like our good selves. Um, then we got our little pic, and she was like, are you sure you're okay for everything? Like, did you, did you have enough to eat and drink? And she was very, very sweet, and she's like, I think there's some, like, goodie bags and that. So we got, like, T-shirts and key rings and that. Very nice experience, then she did her concert, and we saw, when we were leaving, we saw Camilla, Camilla Cabello, um, and she is very beautiful in real life, um, but Charlie XX was class, but she performed, I'd say, circa 14 people, because no one was in croaker yet, everyone was still pre-drinking, but I probably would have said beforehand, wasn't the biggest Taylor fan, um, but I have to say it was a very pleasant experience, she was very lovely to everyone. Um, the new album, as much as I have to put my hands up, I think is absolutely stunning. There, I said it. I've said it in this audio note as of the 27th of July. Um, I think it's gorgeous. Um, so, yeah, I thought she has been, you know, on t in times, problematic, and she's kind of one of those people that people like to dislike. But I've watched her documentary. I felt bad for... Um, disliking her previously and I've had nothing but a good experience with her so I can't uh, say anything derogatory from my personal four minute experience with Taylor Swift there you go nice and concise for me because that's the thing her, I know people from Cove actually got pulled out of the crowd to be brought backstage for the 1989 tour and they're all like again like the backstage kind of events now that was different obviously because it was kind of half through a label but Andrea would like pick people and there's like articles online about how to get noticed by Taylor and Taylor's mom and Taylor's team to be brought back and usually these kind of backstage events are like the the, the feedback from them was always like everyone's amazing and re yeah. like it's re she's amazing and they're themed around the album so like I think Red was the Red Room do you know they're all called yeah. like different per the album I actually, when I was working on Daily Edge, I, obviously, because we were encouraged to write stories, though it wasn't just like, we did a lot of celebrity news, but we were encouraged to try and find Irish stuff within kind of the the, the bigger celebrity stories. And I remember the time finding when Taylor released videos of, uh, you know, she does these pre-album listening things with super fans. Oh, yeah. As well, like the session. She did it with 1989 because it was like her first kind of thing into pop and she wanted to make sure people liked it or whatever. And she, they bring, she invites them to her house. She and she makes Cyberstocks fans. Yeah. She? And she's like, you're, you've been a big fan for years. I've seen you online. Yeah. And she makes them cookies and they listen to the album together and it's very, uh, so intimate from someone of that yeah. position. Could you imagine? Um, and for reputation, there were two Irish, like Swifties that were picked. Yeah. And I remember seeing them in the video and I was like, right, I need to find them on Twitter. And I did. And I DM'd them to try and like interview them and like sure they they didn't reply but like were flat out subtweeting me being like what happens in the what happens at the secret sessions stays at the secret sessions Irish media I was like okay I'm oh, man I'm just trying to do my job here you know <laughs> but you can find it if you look up those they videos they probably need to sign NDAs potentially yeah 
Yeah, you'd imagine. You'd but like, absolutely do. I've se- but I've seen a load of people do TikToks about it since then, which I'm going to try and find and I will share yeah. on social. But Matt. Anyway, yeah, Reputation. Then we had Lover, which only came out last year. Seventh studio album, 2019. Um, same people, Jack Antonoff, uh, Joe Little, pop, synth pop, electro pop, pop rock. Um, she described it as a love letter to love itself. Way more positive, way more colourful following reputation. She did way more media interviews. She did a very good interview with Laura Snapes in The Guardian and kind of addressed the whole Kanye thing again and like everything because she did no media, no press for reputation at all. She was just kind of like, I'm going to let this speak for myself. Um, so that was, uh, what singles were on that? There was me with Brendan Yuri for Panic the Disco. You need to calm down. Uh, Lover. I loved him in the documentary. He's so cute. Who? Brendan Yuri. Yeah. I'm obsessed with him. He's oh, so my cute. My emo heart. Um, you need to calm down. Lover, which then was remixed to feature Shawn Mendes. Um, and yeah, I kind of, I, I kind of dip in and out of that one. Cruel Summer is a banger. Cruel I, Summer is a banger. Again, didn't really like any of the singles. No? I don't like it. Me. That like, oh, I don't know. I did like it, but now she's taken out the, hey kids, spelling is fun. That line is you gone. You hated that. I actually Caesar's. remember yeah, you. Yeah, because why would visibly you? Visibly upset about that at the time. Oh, but it's just, why you go, I don't know. It was so childish. And but again, like, sure, I know, why does she have James Reynolds at the start of the other one? Like, Well, I don't agree James with that Reynolds either, sounds like. like a character from Hamilton. Um, Lover was fine. I just didn't like, it's grand. Yeah. But um, I liked Paper Rings on it. What other songs were on that? The word lover gives me the willies. False God. Um, <laughs> I will say, someone made the point on Twitter that her, what's the word? Like her references are very on the nose for every album. Do you know what I mean? So like 1989, it was a Polaroid, like reputation. It was all the newspapers, oh, whatever. Yeah. And like with folklore now, it's her in the woods and there's it's a cardigan or whatever. They're always very on the nose. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, yeah. How did you feel about this album? Lover. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. I liked it more than Reputation. And I probably like her upbeat stuff more than her, like, slower stuff. So I do, I I do like it. I on Reputation was a thing. I must have listened to that 800 yeah. times. Ah, uh, that's only average. For all your beautiful traits and you do it. Ed Sheeran doing his fucking <laughs> rap thing. My they God. They need to get him off other people's songs and just let him do his own thing. Yeah. I think I liked Lover better than Folklore. I, yeah. do, I do enjoy folklore. Before we get I'm into just, folklore, I was yeah. going to ask about, because I know you've, this with Lover came Miss yeah. Americana. Yes. That's obviously uh, a song on one mind. Uh, Lover as well. And this kind of charts, well, it, it charts her whole career, but the focus is on kind of that rep, that reputation to Lover transition. Yeah. But obviously um, it addresses everything. For anyone who hasn't watched it, yeah. what can you expect? Um, it's a documentary. Uh, it was released on Netflix and in some theatres on January 31st this year. The film has been described as a raw and emotional revealing look at Swift's, uh, at Swift during a transformational period in her life. She learns to embrace her role, not only as a songwriter and performer, but as a woman harnessing the full power of her voice. Um, I, re- I just wrote down some notes. As I, I, I watched it when it came out and then I rewatched it today just like for my homework um, yeah i wrote down some notes i wrote down not the best singer Um, i really hit home when she said she feels like her fans have grown up with her because a lot of our listeners when you put it up on pate on the patreon feed did you oh i did a yes remind me to look at that a lot of people <laughs> well, i looked at it earlier and basically a lot of people came back and said i loved her because it kind of feels like she like hit me hard when i was a 15 year old and then she hits me hard as a 26 year old kind of like yeah. they've grown up with her yeah. and 
kind of felt re- uh, related to the songs the whole way up. Um, she discusses her eating disorder and her body dysmorphia, mm. um, which kind of had never been addressed before. Yeah. I don't think many people knew that. But it's mad again. I said to you, I started crying when I watched this because she started doing Out of the Woods and she looks like a person who is absolutely on top of the world in every yeah. single like aspect of her life. And she talks about how oh, it was just so sad and just seeing her and talk about the body dysmorphia and how she felt so shitty about herself. Yeah. And you'd never, you'd never guess. And I know it's such a cliche or whatever, but it was so sad to see that. And yeah. as well, when she went up to accept the Grammy, as we mentioned, for Album of the Year for 1989, and she was like, this was all I wanted. And then I had it and it was like looking out and it was like, oh my God, what now? And she that she said she had no one to share it with. Yeah. I was just like, oh my God. Yeah, she got there all by herself. Yeah, that was sad. Um, and she said the only person she had was her mom, and then it made it way sadder when she talked about like her mom's cancer diagnosis. Yeah, so I don't think her mom has ever fully gone into remission. I think she's. I don't know. She has know. it again because she because yeah. on there's a song called "Soon You Get Better" with the chicks on Lover, and that's about her mom and the battle. Yeah. Oh, so sad. Um, she then she talks about the sexual assault case, um, which you discussed earlier, and um, there's a really like heavy discussion with her dad about her deciding to go public with her political views yeah and her dad being like what if you do and no one buys tickets anymore and she's like but what if i don't and the wrong person wins an election again and i did nothing and it's it's go like i i was really into it i kind of you know they had the whole talk about was it the dixie chicks that came out yeah they're um, called the chicks now by the way because dixie is not oh is it yeah but that's fine you were didn't know that um yeah, well, they came out about politics before and people were literally like burning their CDs and driving over them and telling them they yeah, were cancelled back in the day. So she was like very wary of doing it. But what was it that was the turning point for that? It was the sexual assault case where yeah. she's like, I'm going to use my voice for nothing but good now. And if I can make, if I can see change and I know I can make a difference, I'm going to do it. I'm going to stand up, um, which is very admirable. Yes, I'm going to be devil's advocate a bit here though because I had seen that clip was like trending on Twitter before and I remember watching it and having watched it now I remember watching it and being like you are coming from an extreme place of privilege to be like to to have this fight and I'm putting this on all of them in the room not just her Yeah, to have this fight over whether they're going to come out against someone that is like extremely discriminatory yeah. and holds like the Homophobic. the most abhorrent views. Yeah. I was like, that is pure privilege because it doesn't affect you and hasn't affected you up until now. Having watched it in the context of the documentary, I still kind of agree with that, but having watched it because I knew the situation with the chicks and but I kind of didn't know and they kind of explain it really quickly how it was the most throwaway comment. Yeah. And, and they were like, these women deserve to be slapped The around. reaction to it, I could not I know. believe. Yeah. And then when you consider everything else that she'd been through in the public eye, I was like, yeah, fair enough. I can understand why you wouldn't. But then I felt so bad when it was a case of it didn't, it didn't matter because the particular governor that she was coming out against in Tennessee, in Tennessee ended up winning anyway. And I can imagine sitting there and just being like so defeated because yeah. it's like, it didn't matter. Now, in fairness, she has come out since, as I said, there was, um, she started a change.org position for the United States Senate to pass the Equality Act and she referenced that and you need to calm down and call for donations to GLAAD in that video. So, like, I am, I am glad that she is being She's doing more her bit, vocal like, about this stuff. Yeah. Do I, do I think it's a long time coming? Yeah. 
I'm going to be honest, especially because of where she's come from and with country and whatever. Like, there's a lot of, and I, I don't know if... I, uh, yeah, but you, you can, like you said, you can understand it considering, like, people have attacked her for the slightest things. Like, you can understand her not wanting to rock the boat. Yeah. Because she, she probably wouldn't have been, she probably wouldn't be a thing anymore, like, if she came mm. out with strong views back, way back when. She wouldn't have probably made it this far. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, my view on it. Um, I also felt it when she said she got into music because she was someone who really enjoyed like the praise and the sound of the applause and just like kind of wanted to make people enjoy her. And then when she actually hit the heights and everyone started to hate her, she was like, what was it all for? Yeah, it makes her... It makes the reasoning behind a lot of the shit she did more understandable. She just wants to be liked. Yeah. Don't we all? Do you know? know. Um, on the subject of political matters and whatever, she actually launched an app with, to go with their reputation area and it was called The Swift Life and it was uh, made by Glue Mobile who do Kim's game as well. Oh yeah. Um, it was shut down a year later. Um the it was supposed to be this thing where it was like you would have more access to Taylor and there were like Taymojis and you could buy kind of money to get like exclusive content and stuff blah blah um, was designed to provide Swift yet another a- avenue to intimately converse with fans um, Swift often t- chats directly with fans on Tumblr blah 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 so it made sense that she would have an app like this um, so when it was released it was big app store debut um, but then in like 48 hours it started being taken over by like trolls, like Trump loving trolls Jesus. and like flooded with homophobic comments. Um, and then there was like loads of tweets and Reddit posts denouncing the app and because they're like the the wildfire of hate just could not be contained. And it was meant to be this wholesome, like affectionate space for Swifties. Um, but instead, like Taylor continued to earn money off it. Um, and it was just seemed like such a mess. Um, but it was shut down a year later. So... Not There's good. no need for an app like that anyway. No. Who, like... Absolutely no not. Um, talk to me about folklore. Folklore, 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 folklore. Um, surprise release, very unlike her. Um, bucked the trend of the original release schedule because obviously Lover has only come... Like, this is off the back of Lover, which is released 11 months ago. Um, she kind of said that because of the pandemic and whatever, she had big kind of festival shows planned for... She's supposed to be headlining Glastonbury. She had a couple of other yeah. kind of those big like outdoor gigs planned for this album because that's what she'd envisioned and then obviously Miss Rona had other ideas so she was like I had a lot of time uh, she said uh, most things I planned this summer didn't end up happening but there's something I hadn't planned on that did happen and that is my eighth studio album Folklore Tonight at Midnight which was she released last Friday I'll be releasing my entire brand new album of songs I've poured all of my whims dreams fears and musings into I wrote and recorded this music in isolation but got to collaborate with some musical heroes of mine Aaron Dessner who uh, co-wrote and produced 11 of the 16 songs he's the guitarist of The National I'm obsessed with him uh, Bonnie Vare who co-wrote and was kind enough to sing on one with me which is Exile cracker of a tune yeah. Um, she mentions William Bowery, who co-wrote two with her, and there's speculation that that's either her brother, Austin, or her boy, whose name is escaping me. Oh, I don't have Sam. Name. I'll look it up. The um, English fella in The Favourite. This, oh, anyway. Um, Joe and, Alwyn. Yeah, <laughs> Sam, fuck's sake. Joe Alwyn, yeah. Um, and then obviously Jack Antonoff was involved. And she said, before this year, I probably would have overthought when to release the music at the perfect time. But the times we're living in keep reminding me that nothing is guaranteed. My gut is telling me that if you make something you love, you should just put it out into the world. That's the side of uncertainty I can get on board with. Love you guys so much. I 
do really enjoy it. I think it's a tiny bit too long. Um, I think she could have maybe self-edited a bit more, but it, it feels like this is an album that she's always wanted to make. Yeah. And maybe felt she couldn't. It just feels very comfortable. She has the nothing songwriting, to lose by putting it out now. Yeah, the songwriting is impeccable. It's, yeah. Oh, it's just... It's so... I need to, I do need to give it a few more lessons, I think, but I love Mirrorball. I love The One. I love Exile, as I just mentioned. Cardigan. I'm not mad on Cardigan. I don't know what it is with me about the singles. I'm just like, mm. <laughs> You <laughs> just love being different. Yeah. I um, love The Last Great American Dynasty. That's class. Um, I have some Easter eggs that that talk about that as well, actually. Um, so, sorry. Swift told fans in a live video that a trio of songs in the album portray a teenage love triangle, but she didn't specify which three. But the assumption is that it's August, Betty and Cardigan. And they're each told from a different perspective. Um, Betty is from the perspective of James, who admits to having cheated on her, but also is frustrated she's been listening to rumours started by Inez. Cardigan gives Betty's point of view and follows her feelings before, during and after their breakup. And Inez gets to tell her story in August, where she reveals her summer fling with James. That was always doomed because he was still in love with Betty. Now, Betty is named after the newest of Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively's children, Right. And then James and Inez are the other two. Is it not a bit weird Inez. that she's Inez? Is it not a bit weird that she's talking about them as if they're like together when they're like children and siblings? Um, yeah. I know it's like she's just using the names but I was a bit like if I was Ryan Reynolds I'd be like Yeah, if you were writing a song now about like people having affairs you wouldn't go picking like your cousin your baby cousin's name. Yeah. Would you? No. I wouldn't personally. Um... I thought this was interesting. Swift has never avoided the topic of her relationships in her lyrics and Invisible String seems to reference not one but two of her major romances. One lyric sounds like a shout out to her ex Joe Jonas and the lyric the is baby. Cold was the steel of my axe to grind for the boys who broke my heart. Now I send their babies presents. I remember hearing that and I was like that's a great lyric and then I was like who the fuck is that about? Yeah. Um, and they basically whoever did this investigation Sophie Turner. Sophie Turner is obviously pregnant but she seems to be the only one of her exes that are well Sophie Turner is not her ex but like the only that's one that's a with child. Yeah. Um, and then the other one, the last Great American Dynasty drops some intriguing info about Swift's house in Rhode Island and its previous yeah. owners. Uh, the song follows a woman, Rebecca, who married Bill, an oil heir, and lived in a house called the Holiday House. The thing is, the story isn't fiction at all. It's the story of Rebecca Harkness, an eccentric socialite and songwriter who owned the house Swift now owns in Rhode Island. So there you go. Yeah, I read that earlier, actually. Um, the, there was a lot of pressure on Pitchfork to review this and give it a good review because of the way it was released. There were some kind of rush reviews. Uh, Laura Snape's The Guardian gave a five stars and that was pretty much released immediately after the album's release. Now, I don't know, did she have like a preview copy? Um, but Swifties were going mad at Pitchfork being like, don't fuck this up. Like this is the best album ever, blah, blah, blah. The writer gave it an eight out of 10 and has now had to lock her account such as the abuse she's getting from the fan Jesus. Well, like it's not a 10 out of 10, is it? Eight out of ten is so good, and from Pitchfork. That's what I mean. Well. Like that's why. Why are people going mad? Like that's a pretty good review. But this is the fandom is toxic. Yeah. And that this isn't All just fandoms are no, toxic. but yeah, but this isn't just an issue with the Swift fandom. And I someone made a very good point. I don't know was it Louise Bruton on Twitter today, where it was like it says a lot about fandoms that even the artists themselves are like they seem to be a bit of a bit afraid of them because why would you as the artist not come out and like absolutely condemn this behaviour? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, there are my thoughts. We didn't even touch Katy Perry. Do we have time? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I have like a whole list of her awards and stuff as well, but I just don't think we have time. Sorry, can I just mention this in the t- in the timeline of the Katy Taylor beef? So I've August 2017. 
and obviously Kendrick Lamar collaborated so okay. no, no no I just want to mention this because it's a funny line Kendrick, uh, Kendrick Lamar obviously collaborated with Taylor on Bad Blood whatever and was ob- was asked about it in an interview because this was ongoing now whatever the beef between Taylor and Katie at this point and I just have written down Kendrick Lamar calls Katie and Taylor's situation in brackets or not in brackets in inverted in, in commas some real beef in an interview at Rolling Stone that's far beyond my concern I have to stay away from that for sure and that's it <laughs> Kendrick Lamar says Kendrick Lamar is like I cash my check keep me out of this Caucasian that's bullshit a, if all of them had done that from the start we'd have nothing to talk about I know truly yeah I'm just I think we should just finish I'm just going to talk about like uh, achievements and records she said yeah I do, I do think we should finish as well yeah I couldn't agree more um, <laughs> this has been long so having sold more than 50 million albums and 150 million singles globally She's one of the um, world's best-selling music artists. Her accolades include 10 Grammy Awards, an Emmy Award, and seven Guinness World Records. She's the most awarded act and woman at the American Music Awards with 29 wins and the Billboard Music Awards with 23 wins, respectively. Um, she has been included in multiple power rankings, rankings such as Time's annual list of 100 most influential people in the world in 2010, 2015, and 2019. Um, Rolling Stone's 100 Greatest Songwriters of All Time in 2015 and Forbes' Celebrity 100 placing first in 2016 and 2019 and Billboard's greatest of all time artist chart placing eighth. She was named Global Recording Artist of the Year twice by the International Federation of Phonographic Industry in 2014 and 2019. Woman of the Decade um, for the 2010s by Billboard and Artist of the Decade for the 2010s by the American Music Awards. That's insane. Well, if you don't like her music, then I, you're you can't, never... You can't ignore that. Like. You're, yeah, like she has achieved so much. If you don't like her... Because we did get a few in messages on the close friends for the Patreon feed who were like, I don't get the hype. And then I had some other messages that was like, didn't really get it, watched the documentary, had a lot of empathy for... Her. If you're not into the music, you're not into the music. But if you're one of those people who's kind of watched from the sidelines and judged from what's happened in the tabloids or whatever, and don't get me wrong, there were faults on both sides. And as Eve said as well... She has been problematic in some instances, but I think you have to admire her artistry and her songwriting. And I think I wouldn't envy anyone in that position to have that much influence. Her work ethic is undeniable and the way she thinks about everything that she does, that can't be questioned, I don't think. It's just, it's 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 completely insane. And I think you'd have to respect that, even if you, as I said, if you're not a fan of the music, if you've maybe, if you've been one of those people who's been like, I don't get the hype, believes the hype. She's, yeah. she's done it all. She's done. She's the hardest working woman. She's literally done it all. Yeah. And um, that's all we'll say on the matter. Do we want mini bandwagons? Yeah, people will. I, people, people want will them. riot in the yeah. streets. Okay, there's a new podcast. I actually haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but it's by Wondery. Um, and they usually put out really good ones. They did Dirty John, Dr. Death and The Shrink Next Door. And they were all really good. I listened to those. Um, it's called Guru, The Dark Side of Enlightenment. And it's about um, James Arthur Ray. He was an Oprah-endorsed self-help teacher who achieved fame, fortune and influence. Um, but he had unorthodox methods. I don't know. It sounds very interesting. It's up all the charts um, at the minute. So, so what's that called? It's called Guru. Guru and get that wherever you got your podcast. Yep. Um, second one is, uh, this should have been a mini bandwagon ages ago, but I just keep forgetting to do them properly. Um, it's Denise Chyla. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's a Zambian Irish rapper, poet, grime and hip hop artist from Limerick. And you probably know her song, Chyla. Yeah. It's a bop. If it's you not Chile and it's not Chilala. No, it's not. I that. will say again. <laughs> and look, it's not a hard pill to swallow. If you don't know who she is, look her up. 
because she's incredible. God, she's so good. Um, and then two new returning seasons on Netflix. Good Girls is back for season three, and Umbrella Academy is back for season two. I watched Jack the very really first. Loves Umbrella Academy. I watched the first episode of it. Michal is obsessed with it. He forced me to watch it last week. It's not bad. Robert Sheen's in it. Yeah, I do love Robert and Sheen. Ellen Page. So there we go. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Thanks for listening into this, this was bumper. So long. Bumper, bumper, bumper episode. We're we so it. sorry. Shane. There was so much we I know. Poor Shane, he's wilting away in the corner there. Um, we're usually like, geez, that hour, that's enough. Um, no, we're not. We absolutely love <laughs> talking to you. Um, this week on Patreon, we talked about engine matchmaking and the uh, compliments and the criticism of it, and we talked about uh, some blind dates that people have been on. If you want to sign up, yeah, um, it's my birthday party this Friday, so we're gonna vlog that. And that'll be up on the Patreon. That will also well. be up on the Patreon. We're going to do a big <laughs> Maybe. birthday Maybe, we'll see vlog. how it goes. Yeah, it could, it could get messy. It will get messy. Um, be sure to wish Breed a happy birthday for then. Um, it's Friday, please don't forget. Um, she is 21. Um, forever. And forever. And we're on all the socials. We love nice reviews. Um, merch is coming imminently. We will update you on that. So keep an eye on socials for that. Um, I've been Fanula. I've been Breed. We will see you next week. Bye. Talking about things that other people are talking about. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.